Hello and welcome to Podcast 24, which will discuss Kiefer Sutherland as he battles the clock in the hit real-time series. Only joking, I'm Nigel and I'm here with Porik as always and this is our 24th Spool.ie podcast. Hello Porik. Hello. Uh, coming up we'll be talking about Paddington, The Hunger Games, what we do in the shadows, a bit of talk on Star Wars, National Lampoon's Christmas, Skeleton Twins, lots and lots and lots to talk about. Um, we'll see what's coming up in December. And yeah, so we kick off with a bit from Paddington Bear. Oh, yes, that is good. Um, what's your name? Hmm? Do bears even have names? Mm, of course we do. My name is. <coughs> Beg your pardon? <coughs> right. Well, go on. Hmm? You try it. Mm. Look at the throat. <clears throat> Mr. Brown, that is extremely rude. Oh, at last. Oh, uh, wait for me. Is someone coming to get him? Everyone's gone for the night. They'll just have to come home with us. No way. Dad! Jonathan, stay where you are. He's so embarrassing. can't just leave him here. Of course we can. He's not our responsibility. This young bear needs our help, Henry. Then where's that It's just one night until we can find the right people to look after him. There you are. So that was the voice of Ben Wishaw. I think as Paddington, yes. Yeah, in June of this year, um, Colin Firth kind of left the production, and um, Ben Wishaw is really, really—he's great at doing um, doing the voice. It's much kind of softer and more friendlier than I can imagine Colin Firth would be like. It's a bit like the Scarlett Johansson Samantha Morton thing from mm. her earlier in the year, where you're like, yeah, that just kind of worked. It'd be a bit weird to visualize what it would have been like. The director was on talking to Matt Cooper, and he was saying with Colin Firth, he just kind of realized himself that his voice was too deep. And he said if he had been narrating it like the old um, BBC cartoon or UTV cartoon, yeah. that it would have been fine, but he was just too old and deep from yeah. there. It's a kid. It's a kind of a kid's fair. So um, it's the first time... I was trying to work this out, because like, I saw it with uh, lots and lots of children at um, a kind of a family premiere kind of thing there. And um, the kids were mad at Paddington, and I don't really know why. Like, what, who Have they been reading books? There's no cartoon. modern, like crappy, ugly CGI version of Paddington like you have with... You know, Thomas the Tank and Postman Pat has come back. But um, it's good. It's the first time that the he's been on the big screen. Um, you know, there was a book series in the 50s and then TV series in the 70s and then another in the late 80s that maybe we kind of came to know. So uh, the film does a really, really good job at kind of ticking all the the boxes of having, you know, the marmalade puns and jokes and lots and lots of mischief and everything. I thought the the CGI thing worked quite well. Um, but hard to kind of look at him and kind of really feel like you kind of want to give him a big hug. But, oh, okay. Um, maybe that's just because I'm a bit funny, a bit old school like that. Um, anyway, the the real thing, uh, the real world stuff is brilliant. The, there's an amazing scene in a geographer's thing where they try to find these explorers thing, but it's all real world stuff, almost a bit like Hugo, all this old, oh, cool. old world kind of engineering brass uh, stuff like paper records getting sent from like the archive. They punch it into this machine and then all this and uh, it's actually really 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 cool so it's very very funny and Sally Hawkins is in it as uh, Mrs. Brown and she's brilliant it's full of sex I hear that's what I really don't know what that was about I haven't read much about it all I know is that it had a because it's not you it's PG I think in England it came out as which is parental guidance for like Violence, I think, mild violence and sexual references or something. Yeah, they explain what they were because I was really. immune to them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's from uh, the director Paul King did stuff with the Mighty Boosh and stuff, so he clearly can do weird, yeah, and wacky stuff. But it's clean as a whistle. I kind of thought, but uh, I don't know. Nicole Kidman plays the baddie, and um, it's a really nice like. Is it something kind of like the Hundred and One Dalmatian style of a baddie where they're happy to just make her really, really. Evil. evil there's no remorse at the end like you know she, yeah or, there, or like there's no grace you know the way she these things you're always looking for the arch going yeah. oh maybe because she plays a natural um history uh museum taxidermist and uh, she wants to grab kill, oh, kill paddington and put him in a cage so it's great fun and um, but she's on form um always a big good. thumbs up and to look out for some of the cameos super hands is in it oh. from from peep show which i think is wrapping up next year 
sorry, mm-hmm. I know someone told me the final series of Peep Show. How do you feel about that? As we delve into TV, Should've have you been five what? years? Ago. Yeah, someone said that to me. It was like final, final series of Peep Show, and it was like, uh, all right. I kind of thought we'd already got there. There was kids. I can't even remember how it gone. Anyway, better not to talk about telly too much. No. Um, yeah, the only other thing that from the bigger picture, and I read a few things in some of the broadsheet papers about this, where it's all about how great and inclusive and welcoming uh, Britain and England and specifically London, London yeah. is, but it's a really, really, really white film uh, of everyone kind of just all completely Caucasian. And, you know, I, you always wonder what the meetings were, where they were like, yeah, let's kind of have this bigger moral message. And then they're like, oh, fuck, look at the cast. Oh, shit. Yeah. We, have, we better kind of cast someone in there. Right. So, um, but that's not a problem. It's just, it's a bit of a contradiction in itself when it tries to pretend it's this big thing. But it's still something that uh, UKIP and all the people in England who are thumbs down to immigration should probably watch if, the, if they can. Uh, anyway, so I gave it four. You didn't get to see it yet, but you're going to see it. I'll see it later this evening, I think. You're going to see it today? Yes. Great. Yeah, so. it's the ultimate, because I put um, put this on Facebook, where it's like, the ultimate childhood weekend, watch the Late Late Toy Show, then go and see Paddington. Um, yeah, what did, did you, the, what we do in the shadows? That's one of the ones I think you were talking about. Yeah, I saw this uh, a week or two ago. Um, brilliant, really funny comedy. It's, stars Jermaine Clement who people will recognise from Flight of the Concords and he also directed it along with um, Taika Waititi is his name and he also stars in it Zeta as well Kiwi? Um, and they play Vladislav and Viago who are two of the four vampires who are sharing flat in New Zealand Jonathan Brew plays Deacon and then Ben Franchin plays Peter and Peter is this like Nosferatu type vampire who just lives in the basement in a stone cave and they just kind of slide the door open and he doesn't talk or say anything he's just got the horrible pointy Nosferatu teeth and big claw hands and is terrified of light kind of even as the nightlight and stuff it's very funny Jermaine Clement is a very very funny man like he was in the Men in Black yeah, he was in Mops as well. I think he's in Men in Black 3. Isn't that the one that came out? Oh, right. He's about the only thing that I remember from yeah. it. Not he's very good in this. Like, it's brilliant. So, it's the four of them are living in this house here. And there's a big annual dance that, like, vampires, zombies, werewolves all go to. And they've allowed this documentary crew in to videotape them and show how they get on life and stuff. And it's set in modern-day Wellington in New Zealand. And it's just kind of showing their trials and tribulations because they have to eat humans and get... Um, food and everything and it's it has all the normal vampire stuff like you can't see the reflections they have slaves kind of you know that thing where they hypnotise real life people like in the Dra- classic Dracula story mm. what was his name Pembroke maybe could be wrong and that was like Dracula's kind of human person who wasn't a vampire and they're longing to become a vampire um, they also have the thing where uh, they can't go into a house without being welcomed so they try and go out to pick up women and everything the whole time but they can't go into a nightclub or disco without the bouncer inviting them to come in so there's all <laughs> these scenes of them walking around Wellington I enjoy yeah in the last few years like we've seen things be very like in Only Lovers Left Alive there's a few little fun nods because we know yeah. all this mythology stuff so well but it's kind of nice when they and uh, Reese Darby who is also in front of the Concords as Murray he is the leader Ben meeting of a pack of werewolves who kind of have a rivalry with the vampires so this this whole other storyline going in uh, conjunction with it and it has that i was kind of thinking of it afterwards it has if, when you watch flight of the concords there's a there's a lovely sweetness to it there's no meanness in it and even though this film is all about vampires and everything there is that same kind of friendliness and sweetness to it they're all kind of like uh, one of the guys a human comes into the pack called Stu and uh, they all just are really nice and friendly to him and he's just really nice and friendly and it kind of has that you'll recognise some of the same motifs I think from Flight of the Concords cool do you have a good clip yes here is a clip is it a good one like I really it's want very funny because yes. I haven't seen this yet so this is going to be the <laughs> this is good yeah it's um, the vampires meeting with the werewolves uh, on Wednesdays they do like a fair factor competition. You can win like t-shirts and um, hats oh, yeah. and spot prizes. I can smell like, werewolves. Like, we are just about to walk past a werewolf so some shit might go down. Look out guys, don't catch fleas. What's that mate? Deacon. Sorry, what? Keep going, keep walking, what? keep we walking. We heard that mate, we've got sensitive hearing. Have you? Yeah. What are you filming? Oh, it's a music video, is it? We don't want any trouble. 
I do. Why did you start it? Have I got your heckles up? Huh? Why don't you go smell your own crotches, huh? What are you talking about? We don't smell our own crotches. We smell each other's crotches, and it's a form of greeting. You're on camera, mate. Don't do it. What? It's okay, because I know this guy. It's Count Fagula. Hey, hey, hey. Don't swear. Sorry. they We're werewolves. Not swearing. What are we? Werewolves, not werewolves. No, it's a very offensive word to call people. Well, unless you're talking about a bundle of sticks. Chase, this bundle of sticks. Werewolves? No, Don't no, no, get no, it. It's not real. It's Nathan, just... it's not real. Right. He's just going to take, take off his gloves. Up. All right. Oh, oh shit, oh. man. The fuck you do that for? Hey! That was... Don't swear. We're going to lose me. it. We're going to lose it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, calm down. Calm down. Oh, shit, I've got my glasses. Hey, on. Oh. Hey, oh. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Do the breathing. Do the breathing. Do the breathing. Count to ten, mate. Hold That's right. Come on. Human again. Hold it. Count to ten. Human again. It's all right. It's not full moon. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy Jeez, your night. Shame yeah. yourselves, man. Great. We didn't want this to happen. That looks very, 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 very funny. Yeah. It goes on the watch list now. That kind of slipped out without much... Um, no, there wasn't much hype about it. And it's been in the cinema maybe two weeks now or something. Yeah, so it's it must still there okay. so you can kind of catch it before it goes well. Worth checking out. Very, very funny. Yeah. Um, another similar small film that no one really knew anything about, uh, which came out last week, which again continues this trend of me, it being a film only one of us has seen, was a little independent film called The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part one. Um... So yeah, this is Francis Lawrence's second Hunger Games film. It's the third one overall. Gary Ross did the first one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's the first one that doesn't actually have any Hunger Games in it. So uh, It's more about the political... It's about, yeah, the, it's, it's all... Most of it takes, on, uh, takes place underground and they talk a lot. And it's very uh, big talky kind of film. But um, it's it's great. Like you In terms of showing what an, an oppressed kind of life is like where you know you're in war and it's crap and all the propaganda that kind of gets used against you and everything and because uh, she has just come out of it and peter sorry jennifer lawrence plays katniss everdeen if in case anyone doesn't know this and she wakes up in this place in district 13 1 to 12 have all been kind of you know they've been publicized but no one ever knew 13 existed um and so peter who was also in the hunger games with her is now under the captive watch of President Snow, who's uh, Kiefer Sutherland's dad. This is a podcast about 24, so it's good to link it back. Um, and yeah, so Peter's trapped there, and he's been used as a propaganda tool by the Capitol. And so they put out videos with him, and you can kind of see he's probably on drugs, but he's also saying like, oh, Does he really like animals? Um, why? Peter. Don't get it. Isn't that an animal organization in America? Oh, P-E-T-A. Very good. Well done. Yeah, they're the kind of ones who would put out an ad campaign of like People with blood on their face saying, you know, oh, do you want this on you? Yeah, yeah. All that kind of stuff. I heard during the week that apparently... And Katniss is the, is the political tool, or the propaganda tool of the of the the revolutionaries and stuff. So it's pretty much, it's a story about that, like in a bigger picture, oh, okay. but wrapped inside a teen fantasy thing. So I kind of liked it. I, I give it, because I love the books and I love that whole world, I give it four. But like to watch it by itself as a as a non-book fan, you'd be it's pretty boring, but it'll work great. It's probably like the Twilight ones, like when you come back to it and can watch the concluding part to it uh, and has that classic thing of like The Hobbit where you're just left at the end and you're like uh, oh brilliant you know oh cool now you're just giving me that and now oh great I have to wait a year cool I heard during the week that the films might continue after the books conclude I hate that kind of talk yeah, yeah. I don't know like I don't know what is happening it does happen with Star Wars and I presume uh, Peter Jackson's gonna find some manuscript that talk yeah. never finished and turn it into a six hour film yeah um, so that was it anyway yeah I, um, will you see The Hunger Games or is this the kind of thing that I haven't seen the second one but it's on Netflix so I might watch it and then go catch the third one in the cinema yeah the second one was better than this the second one is still my favourite And yeah um, I've heard that from a few people that there's this there's actual action matched in with the thing and I do think the film next year will be good because they've changed a lot in this too like they've they have because the book it's the worst book of the three the concluding one and they've you know Elizabeth Banks is still in there they've written a part for her and all this kind of Thing. She was Effie Trinket. Is it still hard seeing uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman on the screen? Yeah, so this is the thing. Like, everyone reviewed... In the reviews, were just like, oh, man, he towers above everyone else. It's so, such a powerful performance and that. And you're like, they, 
I didn't take that much from it. Like, he doesn't yeah. have a whole lot to do. So, yeah, so it's him, uh, Julianne Moore, and Jeffrey Wright, like three actual proper actors sitting around kind of having conversations and stuff. And that's kind of good. But, and Jennifer Lawrence, obviously, and they're all Oscar winners and they're all playing dress up. But, um, yeah, it's good. There's a lot of the faces who we've barely, like, Stanley Tucci has nothing to do. Jenna Malone is in it. She hasn't really got, like, got much to do. And then, I don't know, it all just sets up the next year. So, so. okay. Uh, moving on to a film that we have both Yay! Seen finally! Has producer Colin seen The Imitation Game? Not yet. Oh, yeah. So it's The Imitation Game. It's starring Benedict Cumberbatch and who plays Alan Turing, who was th- from this film. I don't know how accurately true it is. Probably is true. He seemed to be the only person who figured out how to break the Enigma code. Like, he seemed to be the chief person. Yeah. And he basically kind of created the first computer. Isn't that what they're kind of saying in this? Yeah, and I think that is basically true. It was called the Turing machine, like yeah. a, a digital... So it's in World War Two. They're trying to crack the Enigma code that the Germans have set up, whereby they're changing their messages to for attacks in England and the Allies, and they just have this team to try and crack it. And there's the whole thing with Alan that he is... He's obviously on the level in some regard with... On Asperger's, the level. On the spectrum. Honestly, on the spectrum. <laughs> with uh, Asperger's or... Some condition, I presume, that was never diagnosed. Yeah, they don't, exactly. Like, they don't elaborate on that, but he's very much a singular guy who kind mm-hmm. of is very focused on his work and thinks everyone else is below, beneath him. Like, he seems like a dickhead, to be honest. Like, I'd say they've yeah. really softened him uh-huh. to make him likable and warm in a way, Like, but he seems like he was impossible to work with or mm-hmm. have any kind of... So we'll take a quick clip. Which isn't his own fault, because he no. just had a lot going on in the old head. Uh, so here's Benedict and Kiernan. You're trying to build your universal machine? I read your paper at university. Is it already being taught? <laughs> no, no, I was precocious. So, you you theorised a machine that could solve any problem. It didn't just do one thing, it did everything. It, it wasn't just programmable, it was reprogrammable. Mm. Is that your idea behind Christopher? Well, human brains can compute large sums very quickly. Even Hugh can do that, but I want Christopher to be smarter. To make a calculation and then uh, to determine what to do next. Like a person does. Think of it. An electrical brain. A digital computer. Digital computer. Um yeah, so I really, really did like it. It really, really clicked with me this whole film. Um I don't know why, I saw it on the right kind of day and I like these For sort me, of world wars. Like too... Brit- British film knows how to do this whole yeah. oh jolly good the war effort isn't it great? For me, it was a bit too because like the the whole thing is about Alan Turing and they have him on the poster and everything, but it's a very soft like you mentioned this in your review because it's like it's maybe twelve A or PG or something yeah because it comes out quite quickly that he's gay and he couldn't be gay at that time in England it was still a crime and towards the end. Like, if you haven't seen the film, you can turn this off. Yeah, but it's a real world. Yeah, story it's a real here, thing. So. You know, you should, you kind of should know this in some degree before you go going to see it. Like, it's all there in history. Um, He was outed by police. He was caught with another man. And then he was made take this medicine at the time. Some sort of hormone adapt- adapting thing, technology, so yeah. He would either, right. if he didn't do that, they would put him into prison. So he said he'd do that and then he didn't have to go to prison. But it left him in a terrible so, mental Sort of issues. castration thing, yeah. It's yeah, it's like a chemical castration thing. Yeah. And there's a footnote, because I was watching that and I was like, I'm pretty sure he killed himself. And there's a bit then at the end where they show them, because after they cracked the Enigma code and the war was over, they had to dismantle the machine and burn all their files so there'd be no record of it. And nobody knows... There was this whole secrecy thing where it didn't come out how involved he was in the war. Yeah. And there's a scene where they're all burning their files and everything. And then just this wee text white thing comes up being like, oh yeah, Alan committed suicide a year later. And you're like, ah. I would have found the film more interesting and, and enjoying if, not enjoyable, but more interesting if they had it tackled that side of it. Because yeah. it just, I think in a year or two, people will just be like, oh, it's just another generic film about the war like it doesn't go to enough into him yeah for me, but I think you know? that as a way like as it did get it did very well and got a lot of people into it and you think if it had gone too dark maybe that wouldn't it wouldn't have gotten that kind of appeal um, claim, but the love yeah. story is the fun thing that a lot of people like Keira Knightley plays his beard in a way yes, in effect yes 
and she just kind of is like good that's again. grand you know um, she's like correct because he's like you know, I'm homosexual and she's like that's okay we'll just kind of yeah. keep it going but only during the war and everything uh-huh. um, but they have a great chemistry together and uh, yeah it is the most likeable Keira Knightley performance I've seen in a while because as you know I hate her yeah big Keira Knightley fan so we'll move on to the second kind of as a quick nod um, Say when came out as well this month which stars Keira Knightley who's having a quarter life crisis uh, a phrase which the film coined I think so she plays uh, Megan who's kind of her boyfriend proposes to her and she simultaneously finds out her father's having an affair all at a wedding of her friend and she's just kind of like why are all my friends getting married this is so pointless I have no interest in this and then her boyfriend proposes so she just kind of runs away and hangs out with uh, Chloe Grace Mortez um, who's like a 15 or 16 year old teenage girl so by hanging out with her she kind of sees oh this is what I was like when I was a bit younger and she stops Chloe from making the same mistake she did where she was just coasting along and Sam Rockwell plays Chloe's father he's brilliant again and like he kind of steals every scene and then there's a love interest between Sam Rockwell and Megan yeah this is directed by uh, again I haven't seen it um, goes on the old uh, yeah. cue Lynn directed Shelton. by Lynn Shelton yeah who yeah. has made great films like your sister's sister um, was what two three years ago? Yeah, and um, it was called the Laggies in America because it was uh, it's kind of based on a novel. I can't remember who by or an article, and it was a bunch of Californian kind of LA kids who would hang out, and they just that was their nickname for each other, Laggies, because they were kind of like wasters and not really doing anything. And they but change it to say when. To say when, because obviously English people are stupid and couldn't. You yeah, know. It's, it's rare that we get that kind of yeah way. Very enjoyable. But recommended? Like, yeah, for friend, people who like. Sounds like the perfect Netflix film. Keira Knightley and kind of romantic comedies. I, like, it's it's very whole stand upable. That's, stand, not, that's I don't, not a word. I don't know if stand upable is yeah. a word. Um, yeah, so like we saw. Lo- <clears throat> November was a very, very solid month in terms of just stuff coming out. Like, the, um, decent kind of films that weren't. You also saw Leviathan, which. Fanfare. Yeah, Leviathan. It's brilliant. It's on the i fi. Not sure if it's still there. It's kind of that classic foreign film where it's just going along bit by bit and you're like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. kind of looks amazing. And then it all just kind of comes together at the very end. Yeah. And you're just and like, win- wow. Winter Sleep, the Palm Door winner is out as well. Neither of us have seen it yet, but hopefully... Yeah. I think it's still there. The IFI has had the French Film Festival, so they're a bit upside down. And then mm. um, the... Uh, like- I've noticed the thing of late that there's the classic foreign film trailer. If you go, like, the trailer for Leviathan, Stations of the Cross is out at the moment, and Winter Sleep, you just kind of see it, and you're like, God, this film looks like it. It's going to take a lot of effort to watch. They're yeah. always much more rewarding, but I was With saying, very few lines of, <coughs> of dialogue. Yeah, I always wish... Always, it's a secret with subtitled... You films. know the way they've done those um, Mary Poppins is a horror film? Yeah. I wish somebody would apply the same formula and put, like, uh, Anchorman as a foreign film or something, you know? <laughs> just have long away gazes some instrumental music and yeah they're all they're very formulaic the trailers for them yeah well they clearly that's what kind of works yeah um very good for a movie moment of the month because that's what we do now yes uh mine's from another film uh that was a nice kind of independent little american film a bit like uh, say when skeleton twins uh and it's for that moment the lip sync bit in it because i really liked skeleton twins in a way so the whole story um about two twins you know they're both actually they've they've become estranged but they've yeah, been inseparable for a long time and then they they're both suffering from depression in their own um way and own have own both having their own problems and trying to deal with them in their own way and you know two is better than one in a way like that they realize it all comes together at the end that maybe we should just work together on all these things um so i really really liked it i thought uh, it's chris and Wig and bill Hader, both saturday night live kind of slapstick properly talented comedians both in kind of serious dramatic yeah. roles and um bill Hader is really good in this because like, he's n- never had a proper it's a very serious kind of role, dramatic yeah. role and you can tell the chemistry between the two of them is fantastic like you totally believe the brother yeah. sister exactly so if you could have thrown uh, fred arneson in there as well i would have three of my three modern favorites but uh it's the lip sync moment where it's about the only moment in it where they just kick back and allow their kind of full kind of stand-up improv kind of world to take over and they're yes. just so good at performing it uh-huh. so i think it's on youtube the moment where they i can't even remember what was the song 
can't even remember but um, oh, you don't, yeah it's so it's very it's very good very because he you said this to me as well that like Bill Hader is he plays a gay man in a really good way like it's not a, 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 like a stereotypical kind of camp performance it just Character he, or anything and like nor that. is it his defining trait you no. know it's just yeah. he, he does it really really well and it's a really strong performance so there's Oscar talk around him so who knows oh, very good. he won't he'll get some of these independent spirit award nominations nod, that'd be brilliant absolutely yeah, yeah so I'd be rooting for that uh, yeah that was a fantastic film yeah he's the modern he could become the modern day Jim Carrey you know where he goes in the kind of rubber faced slapstick comedy stuff and then yeah. manages to slip in a few serious, serious things. Yeah. kind of things um, speaking of Oh no, we can't move on to the sequels yet. Uh, no. Did you? I forgot to ask your movie, yeah, moment, movie of the month. moment of the month. Can we play your movie moment of the month? Yeah, go for it. Okay, everyone, watch. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? So there we go, we're listening to the audio of the trailer. Um, so the Star Wars trailer, which is not coming out for another year, but yeah. it had the teaser there yesterday. Um, Probably the most hyped teaser trailer ever. Like, this is the most hyped film yeah. of, of all time, like, in terms of when you add in all the stuff now, because it does, social media yeah. and everything does, like... And I don't remember there being as much of a... I'm not really a Star Trek fan, but I don't remember there being as much of a hype for the... Absolutely not. The Star Trek. No, no, no. And I think Star Trek had never really gone away in a way like that. I suppose they do have a film every couple of years. Yeah. Like, so there these, had been a bit of a lull, but this is, like, yeah... JJ taking on Star Wars. I saw a great uh, post on Facebook that if uh, JJ messes it up, he's going to be renamed Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And I was like, oh yeah, that's funny. I think it looks good. Not a whole pile in it. A lot of people. It's a perfect teaser because yeah. you don't. We don't have a clue what people, it's about. Loads anything. of people kept talking about the crucifix lightsaber, and I was like, it's just a sword lightsaber. The two things come out of the side. And yeah, make it look like a sword. Yeah. You know? So no one, we don't know anything. Inter- even in terms of roles, who's good, who's bad. Mm-hmm. Um. We don't see any of our man Donald Leeson, Adam Driver isn't in there, you know, this talk of Bennett, no one knows who does the voiceover, but in terms of the look yeah. and feel, like, because that's really what we're getting from it, looks amazing. Like, J.J. Yeah. Abrams is brilliant at building that Not that with the Millennium Falcon, where it's just going upside down and yeah. about in the desert and it, look, It's flawless kind of visual effects, but also, they've done so much of real world kind of sets. This was the whole thing with all the talk that, like, they were building these sets, because it's all fans, and... We, they've now come full circle that they're like you know what don't let's not just put someone an actor can't, doesn't now work as well against the green screen like let's actually build this everyone cares more about it yeah and um, so it's really good um, you made an interesting point though where I didn't rewatch the trailer but you said there was crazy hype for the Phantom Menace and the trailer looked pretty good and then yeah go back and watch film. that teaser it's brilliant <laughs> yeah um, so who knows I think though George was involved in that sorry George yeah. if you're listening you're not but um, <laughs> yeah yeah so we've 13 months Donald, uh, Donald Clark had a funny thing on Twitter where uh, The Guardian when the trailer went up where it was like um, oh yeah J.J. Abrams reboots Star Wars in the first film that George Lucas hasn't directed and I was like uh, wait a minute he only directed the first one and two other directors directed two and three and then he yeah. directed the reboots but because yeah, he had a breakdown for the Empire Strikes Back yeah so it's weird I mean everyone you forget when you're watching just how big this is going to be and how much it's huge cares it's the kind it. of biggest one for me in that you kind of you missed out on it when you were a kid you know yeah we slapped or I hopped in there at about 2000 like I didn't see the Phantom Menace in the cinema we got it on oh, video right, right, right. and then it was yeah. Empire. my first copy of Empire magazine I bought was in like the year 2000 and it was oh, okay. one of the um, 
one of the Attack of the Clones kind of exclusive covers and I've kept it it's got Natalie Portman on the cover got well worn 25th year anniversary 77 was the first one was it 2002 yeah so so they re-released all of those into the cinema Mm. so there was those and then they had the uh, the first three but it's like my brother saw them in the cinema when they first came out and then you were like oh cool did they they see the ones in yeah Stephen and Andrew saw the first ones in the film and because I remember Andrew sent me at some point where he was going or like he was saying the way the Lord of the Rings comes one year after the other he was like yeah "Yeah, imagine having to wait a couple of years to see the next Star Wars and it being a cliffhanger so without ruining anything with the Hunger Games they have an amazing cliffhanger style moment yeah and then they do another three minutes at the end of it and you're like oh great now we know everything's actually grand whereas you think about summer or next Christmas next November it'll be November in Star Wars it'll be December next year's gonna be a pretty ridiculous Lost World as well Jurassic World yeah that was kind of ruined with the spoiler did you see that because I thought that trailer was supposed to come up on Thanksgiving for like a super like a an American football game but it got leaked Mm. had to be pulled down from everywhere and then they got it out themselves the next day I think they kind of messed up you mean it ruined it oh because it was well it kind of took the thunder away well that was the great thing with the Star Wars one that there were all these fakes and everyone was like this is very good like there's really good ones like with Mark Hamill and everything in them because that's the thing with the Star Wars one they've held back on Mm. us knowing which I think is great I really hoped that they weren't going to show us Harrison Ford or yeah yeah. I don't think they will maybe at all no don't know yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be big anyway we'll move on now with some nice smooth uh bit of music we'll travel back uh, 39 years this film's gonna be 40 years old next year so we'll get a we'll get back in the zone now we'll step off our little fanboy star wars world with uh, a little bit of the french connection too french connection 2 the only film that could follow the french connection when Gene Hackman created the character of Detective Popeye Doyle in The French Connection, his performance won the Academy Award for Best Actor. Now, 20th Century Fox presents Gene Hackman in a new look at the legend of Popeye Doyle and the pursuit of The French Connection, an incredible chase that leads to Marseille, France, the crossroads of Europe and Africa, the beginning of the Riviera, the world's busiest port for the trading of heroin, and the headquarters of Frog One, the French connection. But Marseille isn't Manhattan. Speak English? I like a, um, four roses straight up and water on the side. Quoi? Mayonnaise. Mayo, 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 mayo. Scotch. There is a red pigeon. El Scotcho. What mouth? Mayo. Mayo. Popeye. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. So, so this is what. Yeah, we were talking the last month that there's an awful lot of sequels going to be coming out the end of next year, like we were talking about. Yeah, know. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, which is apparently is terrible. All the reports from America. It looks terrible from the trailer, though. It just seems like they've done all the jokes from the first one. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I love yeah. Man, so from, New- Man from Newsroom. We've got the, yeah, the Lost World, Star Wars and everything. And... Um, we yeah, so we to revisit a very early trailer, and uh, we went sequel. with French Connection two and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation because it's a Christmas film and it's kind of it's a sequel as well in the canon of National Lampoon's. So the French Connection two first bit of trivia was that it was the first film to have the Roman numerals after it instead of part two, like go The away. Godfather. Go away, that's brilliant, isn't it? That's good. So it stars Gene Hackman as Popeye Doyle, who was based on Eddie Egan. Uh, he was a New York cop. And the first film, The French Connection, uh, followed him and Roy Schreider as they were taken down this heroin bust. And Alan Sharner was the, the criminal, the guy who was dealing the heroin. And he escaped back to Marseille in France. So this is Gene Hackman going back to him and trying to hunt him down with help from the French. But you kind of find out soon enough that they're kind of setting up Gene Hackman to draw out uh, the bad guy more so. Yeah, like a bit of bait. Yeah. And there's a fantastic, like, I quite enjoyed it. It's very, it's quite dark and gritty. Like, there's one point where the criminals catch Popeye and basically turn him into a heroin junkie. So... That was an amazing moment. They they did that in Homeland last year and they, it's... It's one of the horriblest things you yeah. can do. So they basically turn him into a junkie where he's addicted to heroin and then they dump him back outside the 
police station and then he has to go cold turkey and there's this fantastic scene where there's another bit of trivia coming up where he's he's just kind of going nuts he's having a drink because he's actually going to go insane and he starts telling this story about mickey mantle the famous uh, baseball player for the new york yankees and eddie egan the real cop uh, also this is a true story he tried out for the new york yankees and did play a bit with mickey mantle but the legal team had to go to mickey mantle's house because it says, like, Gene Hackman screams at one point, Mickey Mantle sucks. So they actually had to go to Mickey Mantle's house, show him the film, and get him, get him to say, to say give cool. a release and be like, yeah, that's okay, that's cool. He did. So I was looking up Gene Hackman, and he hasn't done a film since 2004. And he actually kind of said he retired. In, Royal Tenenbaums is 02. Uh, 2001. Yeah. 2001. So, yeah, he hasn't done a film in 10 years, and he's written three uh, fictional history books. That's what he spends his time doing now. He's in his 80s, in fairness. Like He's 84, he'll be 85 next yeah. January. Um, yeah, so I quite enjoyed it. Um, it obviously didn't get as much of a hype as the first one. he did nothing on telly, you know? No. Nope. I feel like he, I've seen him. Oh. Yeah, so what did you make of The French Connection 2? Yeah, so I, I thought it was kind of... I think Gene Hackman is the centrepiece of it. Like, he is a force to be reckoned with. I kind of thought, I assumed he was on lots of drugs, but I can't say anything about it, because he's so larger than life, like, very much like takes over every scene like chewing the scenery kind of yeah. going mad for it and the film itself I thought was a bit formulaic the plot from it like just in terms of the way it was put together and it was shot really weirdly it was really bright mm. the whole thing looked like it was kind of floodlit um, so I suppose it was on location and I don't know it I think it could have looked a bit more no- like yeah John Frankenheimer directed he directed The Man Carrying Canada back in the day and he directed Ronan more recently oh. you know the Sean Bean uh, yeah. Robert De Niro oh um, so yeah, I I don't know. I the performance wise, big thumbs up. But in terms of the story, I thought it didn't really go. Oh, final bit of trivia. You know the end scene where he's chasing the bad guy through the port. Gene mm. Hackman has a really bad knee, and he didn't tell the director, so he's running all over the place, and he inflamed his knee, and uh, he said he didn't really have to act where he looked in pain because he was in agony. He was actually running Ryan's place. Yeah, had that kind of classic seventies thing, almost like a Dirty Harry because. Again, spoiler if you don't want to, if you ever watch it, whatever. He just shoots the dude at the end. No questions. He just shoots yeah. him and kills him. Yeah. There was that real Dirty Harry thing. It was like, look, he's a bad guy. I'm going to kill him. Deal yeah. with it. But it was good. It was interesting that, like, because French Connection was a pulpy kind of mainstream film that then actually did really well and mm. got lots of... It won, won him the Oscar. Yeah. Did it, and did it win Best Picture? in Best the, Picture for freaking yeah. Best right and I think and then too kind of there's technical there's car chase in the French Connection too as well which was a big disappointment for me there, there was, was a, a lot bit of that fr- uh, lot of running yeah free running or whatever that's called parkour is it parkour yeah yeah so kind of you think like you were saying Homeland did the junkie thing and you're like well it was done 40 years before in French Connection too absolutely yeah no there just was a few things with it that didn't click but um, mm. glad I watched it though and it is but one it's of more so more about it is all about Gene Hackman as you say and like that scene where he's going cold turkey or even when he's becoming a junkie that's kind of really gritty and true to life I would imagine but it's not so much as like we're getting the bad guys and stuff so it's much more into that what what I would become the norm I think in cop shows later where they're much yeah. more about the cops and the grittiness kind of like NYPD blue mm. you know sip wits and all that kind of stuff <laughs> they were obviously kind of the, the blueprint for it yeah but um, in general a thumbs up I think I gave it about maybe three in my head and you were yeah, a I'd higher forward so Cool. Um, cool. And so my pick then for uh, the sequel was quite a seasonal one because we just had Thanksgiving there on Thursday. And uh, there's this thing coming up next month um, in a couple of weeks, uh, Christmas, uh, which is where we celebrate the uh, birth, birth of, a, of our a guy, Lord and Saviour, Jesus, um, 2,000 years ago. Um, I don't know what the story was. It was sort of weird. He died and he was 33. It's weird anyway that we do this. Um, when you step back and think about it but uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation honours that and uh, yeah 1989 written by John Hughes directed by don't you know who um, who did direct it? Nobody really I don't think I was looking it up I was more interested by the fact that John Hughes wrote it yeah John Hughes wrote a jobber we'll call him a jobber about 40 he also I think he 1989 Home Alone was 1990 he was yeah very solid churning them out Um. So yeah, uh, as the Christmas holidays, you know, approached Clark, who is Chevy Chase, um, a comedy legend of the twentieth century, and yet someone who I don't really care about that much. Like I don't watch Community. Well, he came Chevy back Chase in Community, but then he became he was became a bit of a dick because he became aware of how popular it was and asked for loads of money, and then yeah. 
the guys were like, no, go away. Yeah, but um, anyway, he wants to have um, just a nice family Christmas, and so um, it's along with his wife, Ellen, played by Beverly D'Angelo, who's one of those faces who you're like, I can't, you know, she's in everything in that kind of era. And um, then they have two kids, one of whom is in uh, The Big Bang Theory, and one is who... That's what I couldn't believe. It was a classic watching a film you haven't seen in about ten years, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I actually didn't. I had to look again. I was like, oh, it's Leonard. Uh, So yeah, lots of stuff goes wrong. Obviously, aunts and uncles come and visit, grandparents, and... um, his brother then played by Randy Quaid as well. why Eddie. does grandparents turn up like 10 days before Christmas that's insane America's funny yeah I always used to think that I didn't understand Thanksgiving when I was young and I thought Thanksgiving was like a week before Christmas and they just went into like blah 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 mode for mm. a whole week yeah. it's actually a month so th- this is Christmas though not Thanksgiving no yeah, yeah planes, trains and automobiles it's is, Thanksgiving it's Thanksgiving and yet yeah when your kids like it's the same thing you know Pretty the holidays yeah. the holidays the holidays so um, it felt like fr- planes, trains and automobiles in a way in terms of that and John era. Hughes also wrote and John Hughes yeah so who was the 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 rich guy the um, you know the oh boss. the boss yeah he was very, very familiar, familiar face yeah you know yeah. Yeah. he was good do you mind if I actually yeah what did you yeah, think yeah Google it um, it's one where I thought in my head when I remember when did you watch remembered. did you watch it this week I did, yeah. I watched, it, I watched it on Thursday. I've seen it loads. Yeah. Would watch it every Christmas. It was kind of... I'd remembered all the best bits from it and forgotten the kind of filler stuff where I was like, oh, it's a bit boring and sad. Um, but watching it again, having seen the majority of John Hughes films, I was like, oh, I can see there's a classic bit, like the bit where he's watching his old uh, family movies and stuff in yeah. the attic. I was like, oh, it's a classic John Hughes Hallmark kind of thing, you know, very sentimental and stuff. But yeah, I distinctly remember... Uh, there being boobs in it but you don't actually see the woman because when I was like I was like I'm pretty sure European Vacation boobs. in my mind is the really dirty one I can't find who uh, the boss is but he's I the mean, guy from Groundhog Day he's in Groundhog oh, Day oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I kind of remembered the best bits from the film but then when I was watching it being like oh there's an awful lot of filler in this it's it has some very funny standout moments, but overall, I'm like, oh, it's probably what about Randy Quaid as well. Like, is there any Quaid? Look up Randy Quaid on IMDb. Yeah. He has let himself go. Yeah, but he also wasn't he on drugs, living on the Canadian border for a long time, and living in, a, in living in an RV. It was kind yeah. of like this. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it was it was very nice festive watching, and it was kind of fun to watch Christmas film in November. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched this one separately. I watched it yesterday morning. Yeah. Um, it's all it's fully the full thing is on YouTube as well seemingly somewhat legitimately I'm not sure so that's worth a Google if you want a thing the one is there any Christmas films like because this is always in the top 10 if you go online like the Christmas films you have to see is there any that you think you'll try and tackle this festive season I've never seen any of either of the Merkel on 34th streets I think there's two there's like a black and white one isn't there yeah I haven't seen either of those Matilda is in the second one the 1994 yes. uh-huh. one. Um, but that's kind of because I've seen finally seen A White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life uh, White Christmas is good I've seen that the Bing I've seen it one. twice and I've seen the musical as well oh right um, so snow, I think I've seen most of the big snow, ones like, snow yeah. Um, yeah Miracle in St. Louis no not what's the the one in St. Louis Meet Me Meet Me in St. Louis yeah haven't seen it um, the one that I want that's always on this thing and I think it's a bit like the Late Late Toy Show or some of these like the snowman or something that it's won't the third time you've mentioned the little toy show can I say what you do ago. as a person no <laughs> the um the Chris a Christmas story do you know this film a Christmas story and it's like anything if you google it it's like a nothing it's is like it an animation no? Made. no it's a live action thing and it was made in the um in 1983 and I tried to watch it last year and it's terrible but it's one of these iconic things it's got a guy who looks like the Milky Bar kid in it mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to try and watch it again uh, oh there's a brilliant film I watched last year that I must I you might recognise it here's a poster but I don't know a Christmas story but it's oh, always okay. one of these like it's to American people it's one of the oh, sentimental okay. things it was on telly every year and, and one of the channels in America just plays a Christmas story on loop for a day oh, okay. but I'm going to try and watch it again there's a brilliant one I can't remember the name of it or anybody who's in it but it's about a guy who comes to visit with friends and he breaks his leg and then he has to stay with them for Christmas because he can't move and everything you will know the voice of the guy in it it's him as an actor it's hilarious it's so funny it's from the 40s again but I'll have a look and put a link up for it on Twitter if you cool. can find it very good 
Very good. Um, my only other can I because uh, I know you're good at, with the trivia. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation came out uh, two weeks after Back to the Future too. Ah, very good. And um, I often wonder when they film Christmas films because like, there's lots of scenes and yeah, uh, it's set in Chicago as well. Which is great. I, I consider Chicago. Yeah, which is yeah. a John Hughes. John Hughes. It's his. Exactly Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Um, when do they film? And I'm like, do they film the year before, or do they spend like thousands and thousands of dollars for fake snow? And just ice up the street and everything because I was like, I wonder when. I think they do it a couple of months beforehand and spend it all on fake snow because you're not gonna like, or maybe the year I don't know. Can you shoot? But it's like with anything, before? like when you shoot the like you know the East Enders or the Fair City uh, Christmas scenes and they're doing it at the end of October and yeah. like how the hell do you do that kind of thing? Or you you're shooting like the the um, any of those Christmas specials or the New Year's yeah. Eve specials if they're not being done live like you just yeah. kind of pretend the magic of television uh, so we're not going to have any movie picks for next month because we're going to be focused on all our end of year lists and everything so. which have already started being yeah. generated like we will be doing our stuff from the 15th to the 19th we'll do a week we'll have lots of stuff we'll have stuff from ourselves Irish films documentaries stuff from Best people who write for us and then we'll sit down we'll do our individual list and then we'll hammer out five that we like together which is um, hasn't I don't think that'll be too hard to do it's actually been quite good but again we've got plenty of time down. next year to, yeah. to do that so um, if anyone's listening to this and wants to share their top fives we'll yes. be in touch and at Spoolers S-V-O-O-L-E-O-R-S yeah. Uh, so yeah very quickly then for December um, yeah, my coming pick. out December's always a very funny month really top loaded at the beginning you know two weeks lots of films and then scuttlers around there for a yeah. bit because in America the day or two after Christmas is huge people yeah. go to the cinema on Christmas day mm. big big day for releases but not the case here um, that film last year with Keanu Reeves and the Ronin that came out on St. Stephen's Day and I think uh, seven people saw it and I was one and I loved it <laughs> oh, God. so Keanu Reeves has a new film um, John Wick Oh, I don't yes. know when that's I think maybe January, February can't wait yeah. more Keanu please <laughs> but yeah do you have a pick for this yeah it's going to be Unbroken um, it's directed by Angelina Jolie and stars Jack O'Connor who's on the rise um, Jack O'Connor from Derby yeah uh, it's about Louis uh, Zamperini CK who was an uh, Olympic runner and then he became a prisoner of war in World War 2 for the Japanese looks brilliant kind of epic and you she's know. quitting acting more or less pretty she much she's, she's becoming a director yeah I think cool. she always wants to be a director but like for most women you kind of seem to oh right well no one's going to take me seriously as a director because yeah. I'm good looking and whatever she's amazing though she just has a person she is yeah. one of those people where you're like actually yeah you're fantastic yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish she was big Angelina fan um, so yeah that's coming out December 26th Gypsy Salt her film oh, no actually no go back and watch Salt it's really really watchable okay Um. yeah uh, very good I have two but mainly only one Black Sea is a film that's out next Friday and um, the tagline for it is one of Hitler's U-boats is sitting on the seabed and it's full of gold and um, so Jude Law is a submarine driver who kind of recruits a, a crew and they're they go to get that back and there's 12 of them so is this Kelly Heroes in a submarine kind of in a way but um, <laughs> it's well sh- it's Kevin MacDonald who's a director of some repute like Last King of Scotland and um, okay what else does Kevin McDonald do? I don't know. He's a proper British director. I can't remember what else he's done. But anyway, it's out next Friday. Um, got to see it there during the week. And uh, it's very, very watchable. Third act, needless to say with these things, it's very hard to kind of get a bit of a payoff. And it's really, really good. Great atmosphere in the first kind of, you know, sort of hour or something. And it's all very, very tense and exciting. Because being in a submarine is such an amazing uh, setting for uh, a film. that's so, you know, claustrophobic mm. and... It's all men as well, you know, and we love when men get chucked into this thing. But a fantastic supporting cast, like Michael Smiley is in there. And, you know, there's a few Russians and they all have, like, they're, it's pretty pulpy. Like, they're really giving it socks and the accents and cool. caricatures and stuff. So it's grand. Like, a little bit disappointing in how it all kind of played out. And But Jude Law is actually very good. It's been a long time since I can say that about a Jude Law film. Sorry, Jude. Yeah. And uh, then The Hobbit is out December 12th mm. as well. Well, it's the last one, isn't it? Like, and the la- like, Is it? <laughs> well, no, I think it will be. So December 12th and, um, yeah, will they shoot the dragon? What will happen? The arrow. So yeah. you saw the last one? Yeah. Yeah, so Incredibly it'll be boring. nice. Yeah, again, okay. well, it was exciting. There's a few nice action set pieces. Like he can was keep... the barrels the second one where they go down river the truck yeah. and the barrels? Yeah. That's ridiculous. You're like, that's when you're like, oh yeah, I forgot this is a kid's book. 
yeah. and you've managed to turn it into a 10 hour epic yeah. and there's nothing epic really in the book so you've concocted all this stuff well it's merging in with the world of Lord of the Rings like he's taking in all that stuff yeah. so he'll continue to do that here and you know Mm. Uh, we'll see what happens I'm expecting cameos galore if I don't get uh, Aragorn in it I'm going to be pissed yeah I'll be like what and so Gandalf I... and Christopher Lee both, Ian McKellen and Christopher oh, yeah. Lee will both be able to die now in real life because their contracts are done <laughs> which is nice so anyway it'll be nice um, nostalgic kind of thing when does that open do you know the 12th okay brilliant so yeah so that's it um, you've seen it then yeah finish up with our festive theme uh, there's a scene from Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton as Santa who is actually a robber of shopping centres so yeah it's kind of you know one of the darker Christmas films is it a musical pre- what Elf is a musical now oh Elf right Elf is playing in Dublin yeah Bad Santa with your one uh, from Love Hate is in it um, Sheridan N- Nigel's girlfriend what's her oh name? right what was her name is she from Monaghan yeah uh, what's her name can't remember. Avine McGinnity? Yeah. How do you know her? She used to work in Clerkin's petrol station. Oh, brilliant. Classic <laughs> trivia. Yeah, that's amazing. Local knowledge. Right she's there. the only. I enjoyed it because she's, she's the only one. She's not John McGinnity, no, is she? From our class. Ballonode. Oh, right, I don't know. Wow, Ballon everyone's from Monaghan now. It's, really, yeah. it's really cool to be from Monaghan. Um, <laughs> yeah. But she's the only one who got to call Nate Nigel in it. Oh, um, bit of fact. Which was trivia. cool, yeah. Anyway, so we will see you not Yeah, there's yet. no musical for Love, Hate, or, yeah. or uh, anything like that. So, Bad Santa. Thanks And so we'll be back in a couple of weeks for... Yeah, we'll have a podcast on the 19th, and it'll be all end of year stuff. So get in touch with us with what you think is good. It won't happen again, I can promise you that. Willie here has low blood sugar, that's all. That's right, I forgot to take my pill. It's, it's not just the swearing. Um... Forgive me for prying, but did one of you, um, fornicate? Fornicate? Yes, with a heavy-set woman in the big and tall dressing room. Look, I've boned a lot of fat chicks in my time, sure, but, uh, as far as I can recall, I've never fornicated anybody. Yes, well, even still, I think it's best for all parties considered if we... If we what? Well, I have someone else interested in the position. Before you do something stupid, you may want to think about this shit. What are you talking about? I'm talking about firing a little black midget. Colored, African-American, small person. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your face all over goddamn USA Today is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 150 of these little motherfuckers all over the sidewalk out there. That's what I'm talking about. Little picket signs chanting and raving and using little bullhorns and shit like that. Screaming and hollering your name out. Unfair practices. Get me? No, no, no. This is not a handicap thing. I, I have nothing against you people. You people? Did you hear that, Marcus? He said you people. You people. Who the hell is us people? Wait, wait. wait no, no. I, you don't under... What? He... No, no. Um, you know, I think it's best if, if, if we just forget we had this conversation. Okay. Good thinking. And don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Let's get the hell out of here, Marcus.